They just like put two prosthetic vaginas over her eyes and called it a day. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. As we go on, we'll remember all these times that uh, we've had together. Now, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, total joke, waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the superfly space guy Mac. Hola muchachos. The gore lover Alexis. Hey everyone. The cowardly creeper Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen Paris. Hey, sweets. Graduation season is upon us, and we at Hacker Slash know it's going to be a tough one for the class of 2020 due to the impacts of social distancing. We thought, though, why not just show you what you won't have to deal with by not being on campus? First, though, we do have some follow-up. So a few episodes ago, we did the movie Cabin Fever, and a lot of our listeners reached out on Twitter. We have a comment from Spencer. He said, normally, I hate horror that feels a little too absurd and more comedy than horror. When I watched this back in high school, I remember thinking it was mediocre, but I revisited it in October and I really liked it. The cabin setting is a fave, and then references Evil Dead. Additionally, I think the premise was scary enough in theory that it still has a terrifying element to make it worthwhile. Weird to say, but I think this was the best movie as a whole that Eli Roth has done. And some of our team members definitely agree with that. For sure. Some. By some, you mean one. (laughs) (laughs) Me. I love Spencer so much. Uh, but ooh, cabin fever is just such a doozy. Such a doozy. Officer, we've had a doozy of a day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we have another 80s slasher this week, and this time you cannot blame me for it. It was all Alexis. Now, in this movie, we take a look at tragedy that befalls a track team in their senior year and the revenge that's taken because of it. This week, we're talking about the 1981 semi-hit, depending on where you lived in the country, Graduation Day. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a bold guess that uh, no one here has seen this movie before this episode. Correct. Very correct. (laughs) You already know. Fact. You know, I was wondering maybe if, like, Ryan happened to have seen this on TV randomly many years ago. I'm sorry. Is there a different Ryan here? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Of course I haven't. It would have been hilarious because I also actually have not seen this movie. Ooh. No connection to it whatsoever. I didn't know it existed. I know that there are a few other movies of a similar title. But looking at the premise of the introduction of this movie, I had a few expectations myself. I expected, and I didn't keep track, so Alexis, I guess we'll find out later in the body count. I expected single digit body count uh, with low gore. Mm, We'll see. Uh, a revenge storyline with a whodunit vibe with multiple suspects and a mediocre 80 score, but no synths. So we'll find out in this episode how right I was. But what did you guys expect? I honestly thought that this movie was going to suck. For some reason, the title reminded me of like The Graduate plus Groundhog's Day, which neither of those films have I seen. But I feel like that would be an interesting mashup because I know the premise of them. I also kind of thought it would be like Graduation Day pranks, like similar to April Fool's Day. Um, because I know that's a thing that kids do. And then for some reason, I was also just assuming that this was going to be like a college graduation and it wasn't, which I don't know why I didn't think about high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say I pretty much expected many of the same things as you, Chris. I expected this to be a bad movie, just the same as Paris. (laughs) You guys know me. Um, I hate to be this person here, but I don't like 80 slashers. Um, not all, it's not a rule, but it tends to be the case. It's just very hard for me to get into it. So I definitely went in apprehensive. Um, and I expected, uh, a bunch of silliness going on and, um, you know, it's, it's a high school kids movie, not a kids movie. (laughs) Disney. (laughs) (laughs) It's a movie about high school kids that got some shenanigans going on. You know, it is what it is. You know, and let's be clear. Yes, Ryan, you don't like 80 slasher, but. There have been a few that you have slashed. So I think it just is a further testament of like, when you know that Ryan likes this movie, it's going to be a good movie. You definitely got to watch it. Yes. It's not like I just have an attachment to 80 slashers. And so I'll I'll tell you to watch this movie. Like, I won't tell you to watch an 80 slasher unless it's good. Um, So I try not to just, you know, wipe it across the board. But yeah, that appreciation for you came 10 years later in the 90s. But that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was kind of expecting trash, to be honest, when I'm reading 1981 slasher in a title I've never heard of. I was like, yeah, this is going to be like total B-movie garbage. We'll see how right I was. I would like to point out that 
we had the same situation with Hell Knight, and Hell Knight was a great movie. Also with New Year's Evil. Uh, New Year's Evil, um, that's debatable, but... <laughs> These are all subjective terms. <laughs> it was good enough for Ryan to slash one of them. True. I thought this was going to be, like, mostly what Chris had said, but, like, a play on graduation day and something similar. Like, you guys mentioned to April Fool's Day, so I was expecting to really enjoy it, because I what, did not think I was going to, like, another 80s slasher, but, you know, when, I wa- when we watched April Fool's Day, I was very pleasantly surprised, so I was hoping this was going to fall down that same path, and we'll find out if it did. We're all on similar pages here with our expectations. I will say that while I was watching this movie... I was color coding it like I was just, you know, kind of brain dumping my notes and then color coding it later. And I expected a lot of red, but there was a little bit of green that poked in there. Uh, a little bit, a little bit of laughs, a little bit of chuckles. And I will say that there is a uh, woman in this movie whose character I was really into until I suddenly really wasn't. Hmm. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. There's a lot of high points in here. And there are some notes of dialogue that I think hit really well when you think about it. But I don't know how consistent it was, so I'm I'm curious about how you guys felt while you're watching this. Were you bored? Were you amused? Ooh, I physically had to force myself to keep watching this, <laughs> just based on the the way eighty slashers are. Like, even at the beginning, there's a uh, track me and like all these different events going on, and people in the stands just cheering as hard as they can. And I'm like, no, I already said this joke to you guys, but ain't nobody cheering for a shot put. It's n- <laughs> nobody was yelling your name when you were the shot put star. And so those little things that are just a part of these 80s movies, which I understand I wasn't a part of the 80s, life is life, but they take me out of it and it's so hard for me to get attached. So I would like pause it and like I had a food delivery come in and then I was like, oh, I have to finish watching this movie, unfortunately. So unfortunately, that's where I was at. I fell into that too, definitely. Um, especially since what is this movie like almost two hours? Yeah. For um, over an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. And I literally had to split it in two days because I was just kind of confused on how was they wanted me to feel versus how I was feeling because it was like, is this a drama? Is it horror? Is it a comedy? Like and it wasn't very specific on what it needed to be. Yeah, I was definitely bored as well during this movie. Um, It was only a little over an hour and a half, but it was a very long hour and a half. There were a few moments that I was entertained, but I don't know if I was entertained for the right reasons. Okay, never mind. I feel like this movie was two hours, guys. (laughs) Oh, it felt like it. It felt that long. If this was a VHS, this would feel to you, Alexis, like one of those VHSs that come in a two-pack? You have to like change tape. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, or the ones that take forever to rewind because no one rewinded it before they gave it to you. I was going to say, imagine watching this movie and then you finally get through it and you still have to rewind it. Oh, God. Please be kind. (laughs) Mac, did you like this movie? Um, We'll get to that, but about how I felt about it while watching it, I'll say that I'm glad I'm not epileptic because some of the camera work... And editing and like visuals were super trippy and really matched the incredibly funky soundtrack that went along with it. Dude, I totally agree. I was hurting. The The epilepsy triggers were real. And it was effective in some scenes, but most of the time, 90% of the time it wasn't. I think there was one scene where I was like, that's cool in that scene. And then everything else, I was like, what am I watching? I agree. <laughs> I feel like they found this cutscene technique and we're just like, ooh, you know when this would be great? The whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, it it does some interesting things. It really pulls at your heartstrings or tries to at least in the beginning of this movie. And then there are some points that it tries with suspense. And you kind of have this like, this creeping figure around and you're trying to figure out like, who's the killer? You know, who's getting, who's getting it next? But it gets to like the third act and it felt for it felt like forever. And that's me saying that. And I, I love a good long movie. You know, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, I'm down for it. But I remember just sitting in my chair like, oh, God, OK. <laughs> I mean, how many final fights are we going to have here, guys? <laughs> was there anything within this, though, that you guys found surprising? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I was surprised by how strongly they're really pushing the viewer to try to determine who the killer is it's really overt the entire movie they're like look this person they could be the killer 
wait, no, this person, they could be the killer. No, wait, this third person, though, they could be the killer. And there's no reason why any of them would be, but we're going to try to make you guess. Like, everyone apparently owns the same clothing as the killer. So, (laughs) but it was, like, really, really out, like, in your face that they really want you to try to figure it out through the whole movie. Yeah, and I like that. Like, in Scream, they do it really well. But not here, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it definitely had scream vibes with the 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 fake outs of who the killer could be. Um, but the thing that surprised me the most was like how like pervy the relationship was between pretty much every faculty member at this school and the students. Did you guys pick up on that, or how oh, could you not? Yeah, no, they're all predators. <laughs> the music teacher, literally, <laughs> Mr. Roberts, from start to finish, the worst character. Yeah. <laughs> In every way. Things that happened to him, what he did, everything. Everything he said, every word, I was like, oh, God. Honestly, not even a great singer. There I said it. No, not at all. I thought that was intentional. As a side note, there was a lot of singing in this movie. Yeah. When you start to think about it, I think we heard almost like four whole songs in this movie. It's not a good 80s movie without some kind of musical number of kids raging real hard, getting drunk. But the, the party scene in this movie lasts way too long. Oh, my Mm. God. It's like their whole demo tape. And it came like right after another musical sequence. There was so much like musical breaks in this song or in this movie. The thing that really surprised me was, and I know that Alexis will talk about this so much, but I was so surprised by the change in the gore. Like throughout the kills that happen in this movie, they start at this one place and just they change completely by the end of the movie. And obviously, we'll talk about that more in detail. But that was something that really threw me off because at first I was like, this is goofy. And it really changed all the way through to the end where you were like, oh, I, I can't talk trash about, you know, the gore in this movie anymore. But we'll talk more about that. That was the thing that <laughs> threw me off, though. <laughs> That's totally fair. I, I think I was surprised by the writing. For the most part, this movie has really patchy spots where things don't really feel like they fit together and maybe that was just the way it was delivered but the dialogue in this movie like this movie opens up and this isn't going to spoil anything for you guys like a young athlete dies in the very beginning of this movie and it is a catalyst for everything that happens afterwards and there's a point where you kind of feel this tension and resentment building from the rest of the world against the coach and you know that's palpable it's real it's understandable we get further along in the movie and we start to see more human sides of the coach and kind of exploring that a little bit more. It seems as though this may have had more depth than ended up being portrayed on screen. Like maybe we we're maybe missing some of the scenes that would like let us get deeper into him. Yes. Or that if it was better directed, <laughs> if it was better directed or better portrayed. And we had like the gentleman who played the coach. Um, and when you look at some of the, the higher build cast members, there are some people in this movie that had very successful careers. I just don't think that experience or that talent was well-rounded. Side note, how do you guys feel about seeing Vanna White in this movie? Wait, what? <laughs> what Doris? A what? I, what? <laughs> Vanna White, whom yep. is a household name in America, is Doris. Wow. wow. I did not recognize her. <laughs> there you go. Yep, there it is. <gasps> That's so hot for her. That's what really surprised me then. Okay. The girl from Wheel of Fortune. Vanna White. So Vanna White's known for like always wearing like nice gowns. And one episode, she actually wore my best friend's prom dress from like three years ago. What? And we were like, Catherine, that's your prom dress on Vanna White. <laughs> Which like she got at a Boscov's. <laughs> so Vanna looks glamorous, but <laughs> there's no budget there. So you have to put yourself into the perspective of 80 slashers and looking at some of the attention that they try to create in certain moments. Did you think that any of the moves or any of the suspense created by the killer was successful? I will say the only suspense I felt is that I didn't know who the killer was. And there's definitely intentional finger pointing that happens during this movie. But I I, I mean, maybe it's for lack of trying, but I didn't know who it was at the end um, or before the end. So that is something that kept me at least curious about the movie if not necessarily scared. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the suspense for me was super effective. I felt like it was kind of superficial and really deliberate. 
It was kind of like, this is suspenseful. You are watching suspense right now. Continue watching. Enjoy the suspense. So it just wasn't, it, would, it, would, it wasn't effective for what I enjoy. But didn't you guys like, it's crazy. I'm keep comparing this to Scream. But at this point, like, you know, he falls and he's like, oh, I'm going to try going this way, you know, and in certain scenes, I'm like, this is just too, it's realistic, but it, it didn't transpire the way I thought where I was like, oh, this is realistic. Y'all want, y'all want a clumsy killer? Here's a clumsy killer. And then they didn't really do it well. Super clumsy. Not like Sackhead Jason. I was just about to say that's a little, but that there's more tension in that movie. So it delivers a little bit better than in this movie, you just not knowing what to do. And you're like, okay, is is he supposed to be like just portraying someone real or I mean, what? This is why I like supernatural killers. You don't got to worry because they don't do any of this shit. <laughs> they just do whatever they want. <laughs> and they're just showing up, doing the thing and going home or going to your home. Flying out of windows and shit. I feel like the movie was pretty formulaic, so it kind of removed the little suspense that the movie kind of conjured. I feel like I had like a fear or suspense itch that needed to be scratched, and this movie just kind of gently blew on it and was not satisfying in that way. (laughs) That's dirty. No. That's what he said. Damn it. I, I definitely don't think any of this was particularly successful in terms of being able to be scary, but there were some original elements that I appreciated. Um, first, let me say this. If you really don't want to know who the killer is, guys, don't watch this on a decent TV or laptop screen uh, because you can see the presence or lack of arm hair. And that's a pretty big tip. And then there's a point where the killer's wearing a certain kind of mask and you can see straight through that shit. So if you want to be surprised, watch it on a low quality screen. I'll say that. I don't know, Chris. There were a few characters where I saw them in one scene and then again in a different scene and thought they were completely different people. So it's still possible to be surprised. So I had the opposite experience for like a significant portion of time. I thought the dad was the coach. And I was like, wow, they're really he's a really mean guy because his because the dad's storyline didn't make any anyway. There's things. It's just a lot of people look the same. A lot of people look the same. Okay. And they're both, they're all buttheads. <laughs> we'll go over that though. But one thing that I absolutely love is we have Patch McKenzie who ends up playing Ann Ramson. And a few things I love here. I love that we have a female naval officer in this movie. That is so rare for me. Like, I, I can't think of the last horror movie I saw that had that. Um, as you guys know, and that is now my type, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> she was really good looking. Real good looking. This is true. But I also loved, there's a part in the, in the beginning where, you know, she's in a car with a guy who's giving her a ride. And we see a similar scene in a lot of horror movies where some gross old man is driving some woman and they're making some moves. And Patch McKenzie, as Anne, is like, no, 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 no. Like, don't think just because I'm wearing a skirt, I'm going to tolerate your manhandling. Uh, so for me, you know, the that kind of element to her character, while also looking at the the reality of, of female service members, was a really big win for me. But what about you guys? Was there anything different about this lady slasher to others that stood out to you? Can I just add something to that um obviously i'm one of the younger one of us uh so like (laughs) i've never hitchhiked hitchhiked i hope that none of you have hitchhiked and as we were watching this movie that scene specifically chris i was like was hitchhiking only a thing because men that drive trucks are creeps and they just want to pick up chicks and like if it's not a chick they'll still stop but like they're mostly looking for chicks to bang yeah probably like, is that how it worked? Is that what hitchhiking was? Somebody let me know. Was a means of conveyance, though. Um, I thought it was funny that you mentioned that, Chris, because that scene reminded me a lot of the movie Showgirls, because that's how that movie starts as well. Um, but interestingly enough, that's where the film peaked for me. Ah, plot twist. I also think I really appreciate it because, you know, we have all these, these slurs being thrown at her. Like, she's like, huh, what are you, some kind of lesbo? And I'm just remembering, like, looking back, like, Don't Ask, Don't Tell wasn't put in place until 1993. So while that was still a really hard line of like, yeah, you better not be gay. You're losing your shit. Before that, it wasn't even like, if we have a feeling you're gay, you're you're out, you're done. So it was an interesting historical look back at like early 80s and what the, the understanding of women were. And just because there's a woman who's in the service and also doesn't want your fucking hand on her, she must be a lesbian. Eh. I mean, to be honest... 
there's no confirmation that she's not a lesbian. And watching this movie in my head canon, I want her to be one. Yep, that's true. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay, Alexis. I said that with a really weird, like, same. Like you've been thinking about it for a while? <laughs> like I was thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Do I have a type of girl I'd go for? Probably. Probably dark hair, I would imagine. Yeah. This movie is so unoriginal that we started talking about <laughs> lesbian fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can, we just, can we just share that for a second? Speaking of whether or not this movie was original. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. But... What it what it lacks in originality, it makes up for in how nonsensical and ridiculous it is. I feel like we can say that it was original in its use of like sporting equipment. Like that was a pretty strong theme throughout, and that was <laughs> something I haven't seen before. Well, they got creative. There are a hundred percent some kills in here that I'd love to see in a remake. Yeah, there were two that I really enjoyed. Speaking of sporting events, there's one thing I found original in this movie, and that was there's a scene in which. A, uh, a young athletic woman is um, getting dressed to change into a different athletic uniform and she takes her skirt off before her shoes. Yes. Yes, she did. Those So that was original. <laughs> I lost it. There's, I, I cannot wait to get She's to the spoiler the section. Room. Why I, would she take her shoes off? The floor is nasty. Yeah, maybe she doesn't want her tootsies to hit the dirties. She yeah. took them off next. She took oh. them off eventually. Okay. Oh my God, I can't wait to get to spoilers because I have a list of things that drove me crazy in this movie. That was at the top. <laughs> awesome. I can see the rest of that list already. On that topic, I literally was surprised that this really didn't have, I mean, besides everyone graduating and it being their senior year, I nothing, none of this really had to do with graduation, in my opinion. So true. Which I didn't really like. I'm like, if you're going to do something where it, the title is graduation day, like make it about it. April Fool's Day. Make it about around it. What are they going to do? Call it track and field day? I mean, yes. they could have. That would have made sense. They could have called it pre-Olympics. Ooh, field day. Field, field day. There you go. That's so much better. It would <laughs> perfectly describe how bad this movie is. <laughs> it's also in such a short setting. Like the whole movie basically takes place in just this like very small time period which is kind of weird i mean outside of outside of the first scene it's like a couple days but we got we gotta really talk about where we're really going here with this movie and uh, i think i mentioned earlier that for me it fell apart in the third act like it just seemed to go on and on and on the thing had better mileage than my civic i uh, just kept going how do you guys feel about the ending um i think the thought or the feeling or the thing that i literally said at you know, at the end of the movie was okay, okay, all right then, that's over. So yeah, you could say that I was not super satisfied. Uh, the taste that it left in my mouth um, was it was a bit lacking. It was like that toothpaste that has like no flavoring in it. You know, it's just like straight up bacon soda. To be clear, it didn't do it for you. Lots of bad taste in your mouth. That I want that minty freshness. You know, his mouth was not pleased. My mouth was. Was not pleased. The ending for me, obviously, I'm going to break this down. There was the pre-ending. I was like, whatever, underwhelming. And then there was the ending ending. And I was like, okay, I like the idea here. Um, the execution wasn't great. Uh, the the ending ending character reminded me a lot of some people in my family. Um, and we can talk more about that after. But Concerned. I liked what it wanted to do. <laughs> should, we, should we call somebody? <laughs> so since you're breaking down the ending, can we mention the fact that there's a post-credit scene? Oh, is there? Oh. How could anyone wow. endure that? I did not watch that. <laughs> I don't think I watched it either. Yeah, I didn't either, but I, I was looking it up and apparently there was a post-credit scene. So none of us watched this movie? Mm, it, wasn't on a, it wasn't on Amazon Prime? Yeah, it was on Amazon Prime. I don't even know if they had it on there, uh, but originally apparently there was. So I, I hope they cut it out and we didn't just miss it. Or maybe they just slapped it on the end. Who knows? When a movie is so bad that there's a post-credit scene and Amazon is like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> For me... I feel the same way about the ending of this movie that I feel about the rest of it. Um, I did like the end end. I didn't, again, like same with Paris, I, the the execution. There was like a slow motion fight that happened. Another thing that's on my list. And I was just like, am I expected to believe that this is real? Am I? Is someone wanting me to think that these people are fighting? Anyway, I didn't like all of it. But the end end, I do think, gave an interesting element to the story. But overall, I feel the same as the rest of the movie. 
excited to see what this pre-end and an end-end are um, (laughs) because it was just an end for me. Um, (laughs) Gotta break it down, girl. (laughs) Maybe because I was just, you know, somewhere else. Ready to go. (laughs) Oh, it's almost over. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's based on the checkpoints, Alexis, of when you say, when is this going to end? So it's like, oh, it's over. Oh, my God, it's not over. Is this over yet? So that's pre-end, end, and end-end. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Like, I still just probably have two ending parts. But <laughs> it's whatever. Maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys. Um, I liked how I wasn't expecting um, the killer to be who it was. Um, I don't think necessarily the um, reasoning was convincing for me enough. And just some of the, like... Ryan was saying, like, the fight scene and some other, like, a little, like, too dramatic for me. Um, It could have been just been like, hey, you know, this is my reason, and then just go about, and I don't know. But it, it was it was underwhelming, but it was still surprising for who, for, for me to, for me to find out who the person actually was. I was not a fan of the uh, end end. I was a fan of the prologue to the pre-ending, but... Let me tell you this, guys. I had five pages of notes as I watched this movie. The killer is on page one. Because when they <laughs> when they try too hard to look at everybody else, you got to be like, okay, who are they not looking at? So, yeah. I mean, like, like, I didn't get that surprise. It was more just like, wow. a, oh, okay, there's that face mask. <laughs> see right through that. Confirmed. <laughs> uh, I didn't even see through it. But she already had somebody in her mind. Oh, yeah. okay. But... You watch an, an 80s slasher, and it's going to be a ride, for sure. And there's, like, a level of salt to, to take with all of this. But when this doesn't even have that mystery, it's like, okay, so what is there? Fortunately, it fell on really great intentions. And there's some good things that we'll talk about in the spoiler half. But uh, is this something that you think you'll ever allow to be on again in your presence? No. 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 You know, I didn't graduate from college. I was uh, too lazy to make it all the way through, just wasting time socializing. But I did graduate from high school, and I got to say, one graduation day is enough. You don't need more than one. Just like this movie. One and done. Who wants to watch it again? Not this guy. I would, I would for sure watch this again. I wouldn't actively watch it. Like, I wouldn't, like, sit here looking at the TV, just like, my arms crossed. Like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm in, I'm in for it. But on a day when I want to watch an 80s slasher, and... This actually falls into an interesting category for me because there are some that I'll put on because I love. There are some that I'll put on that I like and I'm okay with missing it. This falls into a really interesting category where I just want to have one on, but I don't have to pay attention to it. And that's a sweet spot for me. 80 slashers to laugh at? Yeah. <laughs> but not, not, not because they're funny? Yeah, like this is one that I would watch with someone who wants to watch an 80s slasher but also doesn't want to be terrified of horror movies but also wants to laugh at it there's a purpose for every movie that is just this movie's purpose for me would you really give that this movie to someone and then be like this is an 80s slasher look here's the thing this may not be the best movie we've ever seen (laughs) is it hell night hell no but really what it comes down to is it checks the box of every 80s slasher and it's just ridiculous enough that someone who doesn't actually watch horror movies often can stomach. Yeah, to be fair, I do think it has a lot of the like 80s tropes where if you were like, hey, this is what they did in these movies back then, you could show them this. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not saying I'm going to make you watch this to be like, okay, please like 80 slashers with me, please. This is me. This is your gateway drug to 80 slashers. This is that. <laughs> but it would be the one of like, like if I can negotiate with someone who doesn't like horror, this this would be it. This would be a nice, entertaining watch while we're both scrolling through Instagram on the couch, maybe talking shit back and forth, etc. It's a good time. Yeah, my boyfriend and I, when we watch movies and we watch this one together, we categorize them as either talking movies or not talking movies. And this is definitely a talking movie, something you can put on, talk through, make fun of, and not pay a lot of attention to. All movies are talking movies. For Ryan. I was going to say, I'm not allowed to talk during movies, so this is interesting. <laughs> Like, at all. We, like, set the ground rule when we start it. He's like, can I talk during this? And I'm like, yes or no, depending on what it is. <laughs> this is the type of movie that I we've mentioned it before. I love to talk through movies. And this is the type of movie where I wish that I could live podcast and have listeners listen in while I talk trash about the movie all the way through. <laughs> and it would be so fun. 
I maybe you guys wouldn't enjoy it. I would enjoy it. it. This is a great movie to make fun of. I would love that, and you should get in on the live stream that uh, the live watch that Alexis and I want to do at some point here in the near future. Yes, I'd love to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, we have plenty of things to nitpick. Uh, we have plenty of things to discover, but let's go ahead and get into the ratings. I have a feeling I know how this one's going to go. Before we start scoring everything. Alexis, how many people died in this movie? Well, you were totally correct in your prediction in the beginning. We are in the single digits just by one death that we had a total of nine. Nice. Which is actually still, I mean, That's I, know still it's pretty not, high. I know it's an 80 slasher. It's still pretty high, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Ryan, how many of those were animals? We are good on the animal report this week. In the 80s, they, you know, just left animals out of the movie completely. So we're, we're gravy. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and get into business then. Graduation day. Was it a hack or a slash? This movie was a hot trash fire, and for that it gets a hack. Um, there were actually a few quotes from characters that I, I wrote down. At one point, somebody asks, what's your stake in all this? And that's something I had been wondering the whole time. And then later, someone says, did you ever see anything so awful in your life? And I said, no, I hadn't. <laughs> and then finally, really towards the end of the movie, after a big climactic scene, a character says, terrible, just terrible. What more can you say? And I feel like that really sums up this film. The movie speaks to Paris and Paris talks back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to piggyback on that one. Um, I'm becoming, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have such great taste in um, 80s slashers as Chris does. But I, I do have to admit, like, I enjoy watching some of them in this one. I did not. It was definitely a hack in my book. I really couldn't think of much other than the suspense um that it built that i enjoyed um it kind of played like a whodunit maybe in some certain circumstances a little too much but um yeah other than that that's the only thing i like so this is definitely a total hack for me this is tough because i was going to give it a slash but then i watched it (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. so it's a hack my girlfriend has been watching most of our movies that we watch with me and this one, I think, I don't know, two thirds of the way through, she got up and she was like, well, I'm just going to go take a shower. <laughs> so yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. You have to let your actions speak louder than your words. And hers did. This movie is a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a waste of time, but it's a complete hack. Yep. And I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious with what I've said so far. Um, this is a hack. It's insufferable. Like, there are movies that we watch. Sometimes I have heard of them. Sometimes I haven't heard of them. And sometimes I have these expectations and I go in and I'm like, this is going to be tough. And I knew that this was going to be tough. And I, I, I wanted to have an emergency that made me not be able to finish watching this movie. That's what I felt in my heart. I had to stop myself from doing something like going to get in the shower and turning this movie off. It was really hard. I really didn't like it. I, I can't wait to list all the things that were ridiculous in this movie. There are only two things that I enjoyed in this movie. And it's only because I was like, it would be really rude for me to review a movie and have nothing positive to say. So I have two positive things to say. Other than that, total hack. So this movie definitely has its flaws, right? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think when, when you look at a movie, and in particular for me, an 80s movie is either, it's, it's one of two categories. It's either a really good movie for me that I'm like, yeah, This is one of the cornerstones of the horror genre and a really good example of what it was like going to the movie theater at that time and kind of experiencing it. Or it's kind of like a laughable time, right? But it's something that you still have a good time with. If you guys remember, I hacked the original Friday the 13th and that's because it was a clear ripoff and some things that were done so badly that I just couldn't overlook it, especially because it was trying to rip off my favorite slasher of all time. This movie, about halfway through, I pulled out an old box we have here at Hacker Slash. And I reached in and I pulled out a mid-score called The Shank. And The Shank is like, it's not good enough to be a slash, also not terrible enough. Terrible enough to be a hack. So that's where I was sitting most of the time. A shank? And then the end happened. And I was like, nope, fuck it. I can't do it. It's a hack. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. I can't even put this in the shank category. There were things I liked in Friday the 13th that were better 
than things in this movie. Now, that being said, folks, this is probably a soft hack. Uh, this is this is something that I, if you like 80 slashers, I still think you should give it a shot. I still think you should have fun enjoying it with people. Drink a beer, give it a watch, give it a go. Your answer was more suspenseful than the movie. Now, you can find this movie on Amazon Prime, so you have some options there if you already are an Amazon Prime subscriber. But check it out or don't based on these glowing recommendations. If you want to just have a laugh, join us in the second half while we talk shit. We'll see you in a bit. second just ticking by. Don't you wish you could know exactly how much time you spend stalking your human prey? Seriously, serial stopwatches are handcrafted timepieces made with sapphire crystal, stainless steel cases, and Swiss movements. Now you can accurately track each kill in your reign of terror. Welcome back. Graduation day. Yes, you heard it. Earned a universal hack. Now, before we get into why we rated this movie the way we did, uh, Alexis, there's something to be discussed about the gore score? Yes. Um, I would consider this low, and I think everyone would. Um, Ryan made a good point before the spoiler break um, that there is a gradual change in the gore. So you have like something simple as a head just flying in midair. You don't see anything that happened before it <laughs> or after you just see the head flying. To go to like something that's like, you know, people stakes in people's bodies and yeah, it gets pretty intense towards the end. Still, I don't think enough to like say the gore was high. Um, unless you guys have a different opinion, but no, I agree. I tended to late rate things on a lower scale. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the gore was underwhelming for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but to be, like to my point earlier like the first death aside from like obviously the track runner's death the first kill is literally like a smear of ketchup on a throat mm-hmm. that's <laughs> the whole kill no wound at all i will say one of my favorite shots came in that moment uh it, this started out as a green highlight because like man the blood on the camera fantastic but then immediately followed by the ketchup smear, I was like, this is underwhelming. Do you mean slinging the ketchup onto the camera? No, ketchup would have been a little bit too thick. This was at least red corn syrup. Yes, yes. Can I ask what the weapon was with that kill? Because I didn't even see one. Very small knife. Hey, guess what? She didn't die. She didn't get cut. She's still alive. Plot twist. She is the killer. She has a tomato allergy and the, uh, you know, and the ketchup just finished her off. <laughs> Yeah, he just missed ketchup in his hot dog and it landed on her neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to me, it was just, it just seemed really random. I mean, you don't get any like contact or you don't see any of the contact um, until later on. And it's just like Paris said, underwhelming. The part that we talked about before where you have this flashing and not that I'm trying to cut into like visual scenes or anything like that, but you have that like psychedelic, like, cutting in and out i really liked it the only time i ever liked it was when you have the pole vaulting guy where that happened um and i really liked that i love that whole scene it's pretty cool it's like my favorite death out of all of them because i feel like it gave a lot of emotion and that's when the trying of the turning point came for the movie what about you guys i just liked his death because it reminded me of mortal kombat specifically mortal kombat 3 (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed that death because mid jump is when i realized it was gonna happen and i was like oh i he better hit something he just just the way the deaths are done in this movie i was like he better just hit like a giant sword when he lands what's even better than that is that halfway through, he also realized it was happening. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even pick up on that. That's funny. It's so scary. It's like you're on this pole, you're jumping over, and then you see it, and you can't stop yourself from falling. How terrifying yeah. is that? Yeah. I would fall from the top straight down because it was a little out, right? Yeah, but you're fine. You can't. You just got to go. He's a trained go athlete. Going. He's no rookie. He knows how to <laughs> propel himself. Yeah. Can't he go like yards out? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not good at geometry, so I'm not really sure. Or pole vaulting. Yeah, neither. This is hacker slash geometry. Don't worry. He can go over it. <laughs> I was actually in track and field in high school, and my coach really wanted me to do pole vaulting, but I have a fear of heights, so I did not get very far with it. But in this guy's defense, the 
the, like the thing that you land on is like this giant inflatable like pillow thing. And I imagine that the spikes were obscured somehow. Like he either yeah. put them underneath it or something. So he probably didn't see it running up to it. And that was his downfall. I mean, exactly. Though. That's why I found like, I think that's why it's my favorite because it seemed like the most plausible. Yeah. Much better than the football. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Sorry, I was what? like, what is... Did the whole sword go through the entire, like, oh, God. You never saw the other end of the sword. But he's a good football boy. He just can't help but catch it. <laughs> okay, let me talk about the football <laughs> scene for a second, okay? Because I knew it was coming. It was ridiculous. But the scene before he actually gets stabbed where he throws the knife, spear, object, whatever it is, with the football in the end was really nice. It was like... It was it was pretty cool. It was like, yeah, you know, you're playing with the football. I'll just like stick a knife through it. Very weird. Very weird scene. But it was nice. And then he threw it and it was a nice like spiral. And I'm like, man, I could like see that happening. <laughs> but then it gets to him and it it's just a football on his stomach. Yeah, that's what I didn't yeah. understand. And like that's where it died. <laughs> but it went through him. Yeah. That was my favorite kill. That is one of the only positive things that I had to write was that death. But only because I was just at that point, I was like, I'm not gonna worry about how it would actually work. We'll just pretend because <laughs> that's clearly what we're doing here. <laughs> Now we're into hacker slash physics. Th- that was my favorite kill was the football kill. I don't know why it was so so satisfying. He just like didn't know what to expect. He was just, you know, like you said, must catch football. Football has been thrown. I will catch. <laughs> and there's just like long skewer sticking through. I was just really curious. Like, was that a sword? What? There was no hilt. So and also when he had it on there, it didn't pop the football. Of course. So not. that was a bit thinking. weird. But it was like a really, it was a really intriguing kill. And I also just liked it because I kind of hate the two girls that the uh, that were messing with the football player. Hey. Like right before he had to like go into the bushes to get his, his football. That was flirting. And I was glad to see them on, on screen again being the douches that they were. All right, Mac, those two are my actual favorite part of this movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they were like the one saving grace because they were dumb, they were relatable, and they were just having fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Leading people to their deaths. In this movie, <laughs> you got to just go there. You just got to be dumb and have fun. They're like <laughs> the 80s teenage girl version of Tucker and Dale. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just like two good gal pals talking some shit. Like when they walked into that locker room later and they were like, oh, she's such a stupid bitch. I hope we don't have to see her next year. I was like, this is the movie I want to watch. What are these girls doing? <laughs> it's called Mean Girls. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> So, look, I I get that the deaths in here were pretty outrageous, but I do think there's a lot more outrageous to be found. Was anything in here a standout moment for you, either be it the best part or the worst part of this movie? Yes, the beginning. (laughs) No, there was seriously the the funkiest introduction to a movie I've ever watched. It was just absolutely wild. Like the music was banging. That it was just really solid choice for the beginning of the movie. I don't know, like the camera work, the editing, something all together. It was like a psychedelic experience, and I loved it. See, that felt really fake to me. Oh, I text Chris three seconds into this movie and said, "Why are eighties slashers?" That's what I said. Because <laughs> <laughs> it literally the before the actual beginning scenes there was like a title sequence situation that happened it wasn't actually the title but there was some stuff and i was like no no i'm not ready for this and then that scene came and i was like why but wait did that upset you more or did the roller skating scene upset you more would you like me to talk about the roller skating scene because (laughs) listen okay so first off i'm gonna address what everyone is gonna hate the concert of the roller skating scene was so unbearable the guy liner disgusting oh my god the guy liner the black lipstick the horrible song that they continuously sang for eight minutes yeah eight eight minutes really long it was so long it was so i think the modern version of this is like having like i can't think of a specific movie to reference right now but certainly we've all seen a scene where it's like a band playing music starts to escalate while something is happening in the background and it's like someone's being killed and it goes back and forth. I think that's what they meant to do. But what we really just ended up with is this horrible scene of this horrible song, this horrible band and this couple in the woods. And it's just, it was a mess. And like running around, it was all a mess. But more importantly- It was like a break from the movie for a music video. (laughs) Yeah, it it literally (laughs) was a music video. I just remember when MTV used to actually play the music videos all day. That's what this movie was. That is what this was. (laughs) But more importantly, the fact that they're having this concert 
in the middle of a skating rink and there are people running with the skaters on the skating rink. <laughs> Nothing has ever made me so unhappy in my life. First off, if you've ever <laughs> skated, you would kill all these people. They should all die. If we're going to kill people, we should kill those people. Wow. <laughs> they're running perpendicular to the to the to the skaters. So they're just running across skaters and then they're also just like skipping along with skaters like it's a dance floor, but it's also a skating rink. It was the worst experience. I was like, "Wait a minute, are they just like sliding around?" And then I realized some are wearing skates and some are wearing shoes. <laughs> and it was horrible. It was one of those things where I was just like, am I really supposed to be here watching this? Is this supposed to happen? Thank you for sharing the exact same reaction that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really hard time trying to pick like a best part of this movie. I have like a, a few things that I came up with, but they're all very trivial. At one point, our main girl, Anne, is shown to be wearing an anklet underneath pantyhose, which I thought was a bold move and pretty iconic. <laughs> Wow, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a close-up of it, too. I was like, is that under the pantyhose? And it definitely was. But also with that character, she was in her Navy uniform the whole beginning, right? And then they show this woman just walking up to a girl in the woods in this like brown dress. And I was like, oh, who's this like ghost lady? Because she's kind of serving a look. And then it wasn't until like 20 minutes later that my boyfriend and I were like, oh, that's the same person just aged 20 years by an updo. Dude, same. <laughs> also, she was like uncomfortably just touching this girl that didn't know her. She was like, oh, nice necklace. And I was like, why is this so creepy? Yeah, it was. Yeah, she was like, my sister had something like this. And I was like, oh, she has a dead sister too? That's odd. <laughs> didn't even occur to me that it was the same person. But it was obvious they were trying to frame her as a possible, you know, yeah. antagonist. They were like, look, she's creepy. She could be yeah. the killer, guys. <laughs> Might be her. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was actually that moment where I wrote down, her boyfriend's a killer. Like that—that that was it. I'm like, look at how hard they're going here. We haven't heard shit about him yet. Oh wow, interesting. That man was 45 years old. That high school boyfriend. <laughs> look, this movie was chock full of of just like rampant statutory rape. It was so bad. Yup. Also, speaking of statutory rape, what the fuck was up with Mr. Roberts' toupee, dude? <sighs> that was so uncomfortable. That's the, that's what I'm saying. That whole character was a joke, mm -hmm. but. Also, like, what was the point? Yeah, he didn't serve a purpose. What was the point of that? What was the point of the angry alcoholic father? And then he was like, I raised her like she was my own. But then that's all they ever said about it. Like, what? I think that was them trying too hard to make it seem like it was Anne. Like it was her? Yeah. Yeah. It was just like... There were so many characters in here that didn't develop enough and then had no purpose. So that you got, like, these weird details, like... He's a creepy music teacher and this girl is going to seduce him to get a better grade and he has a toupee. And then that's it. He doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he didn't even die in the boiler room. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he die? Missed opportunity. Also, why is there always a boiler room? Boiler rooms were big in the 80s. <laughs> were they? I just rewatched Heathers. Yeah. And boiler rooms were a, a place. Yeah. In 80s movies. And that's like the birthplace of Freddy Krueger, Ryan. No, no, no. I understand. <laughs> they are a part of 80s movies. But why? What are boiler rooms? When did they exist? Why did they exist? It's where they boil people alive. I actually don't know. Hot water? It seems like they would have a locked door also, and they don't ever. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of things about 80 slashers that I don't get. <laughs> we're going to need all our friends who lived very maturely in the 80s. Like You were definitely of age and conscious and understanding things to explain all these things to us, please. I need to know, <laughs> like, I need to talk to like a high school janitor in like 1981. <laughs> What kind of crazy shit have you seen? Have you? <laughs> did you have access to the boiler room? <laughs> did weird things happen there? Did anyone? Even, did it even exist? Did you ever see someone licking their lips at a gymnast performing their set? Oh my god! Oh god! And that scene was more cutscenes back and forth, and it was so long. I was like, I didn't need to see your entire. This is I'm watching the Summer Olympics now. I didn't need to see the entire gymnast routine. <laughs> I will say, gymnasts are so graceful, and I'm not mad at seeing their routines. <laughs> One of the Final Destination movies had a gymnast in it, and uh, it's actually usually the high point of any movie I watch. Oh, yeah. I'm not mad at it, but I didn't need, like, Coach licking his lips. Coach gets all pissed. Yeah. Random guy with, what is it, Super 8 film camera or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was actually one of my favorite visually. Um, at first, because it was filmed like really well, I thought maybe the director of photography had a background in like shooting athletes or something like that. And that's why they focused so heavily on it. But the scene went for way too long, like you said, Ryan, and they literally cut 
to a different angle every time she made a single movement. So like three minutes into that segment, my boyfriend and I were just dying laughing at it. It stressed out my eyeballs so much. It's like when a junior YouTuber learns how to do jump cuts and like every Mm -hmm. three seconds there's a jump cut. Yeah. (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) I actually enjoyed that scene because immediately I thought the coach was pervy and that's not why I liked it. But (laughs) (laughs) then I thought... Like, just listening to him talk to her and then, like, seeing how he was with all of the athletes, I almost, like, was wondering, was this actor's motivation? Like, what was his intent here? And was that not a look of, you know, sexual attraction to her? And was it a, oh, my God, yes, she's doing it. This is amazing. I'm so proud. She's going to make me look so great. It was almost like this way overbearing obsession. So that's how I kind of started to look at that scene. He definitely looked pervy. Don't get me wrong. I think that in that moment that I questioned that made me think like, this is a really interesting angle to see the resentment building from those kids and how much they fucking hate him, especially after the death we see in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a point like coaches do get really invested in what they build with their athletes, like the, you know. The success of their athletes does reflect on them. And that's something about this is like it was unclear in this scene if if it was supposed to be passion or creep. And I didn't like that. I was like, uh, just give me one or the other. I don't want to be unsure. I feel like it was like a nuanced blend of both where he was like sexually attracted to their performance. That's the vibe I got. I can see that. He also had like serious Ray Liotta energy. Did anybody pick up on that? (laughs) I had to Google it to see if he was like his dad or something. Wow. Uh, no, I, I definitely did not pick up on that. But you know what I did pick up on was actually, and this is the moment that I decided this movie was a freaking hack. It was the horrid faces that people make as they're running in this movie. Like you have the opening <laughs> girl, very beautiful woman. Was she? What was the flailing that she did? And then what was <laughs> the like, almost like the like most horrific sadness in her eyes? And I thought, well, this girl's dying. <laughs> To be clear, she died instantly. There was no in-between. But where I do reserve judgment was Anne's running. I was feeling Anne that whole damn time. And so I saw that face when she was running. And I'm like, girl, you're a naval officer. You don't run like that. All right? (laughs) Even the most out-of-shape person in the Navy doesn't run like that. And take your shoes off. That is not Like, I'm not here for that shit. Why was she running with those shoes on? Yeah. She was like, like it wrapped her arms. I wrote it in my notes as limp wrist running like a ragdoll idiot. Damn, you don't hold any punches, Paris. So that's the best way to describe it. That's really descriptive. Also, she found like when she got to the, the school, like the track and field area, she found like the one object in a wide plane to run into when she like hit that hurdle. <laughs> yeah, you have a point. She like beelined for that object to like c- collide with it. They also like back to the quality of this movie they had this fight scene where she's supposed to fight him and like be successful and like knock him down which was great except it was so it was um a full speed shot but the acting was in slow motion and it was so <laughs> obvious on camera like when she's standing in front of the bleacher she's like wow and I'm like oh, okay i'm supposed to believe you hit him and he fell because you moved your arm that slowly like it was <laughs> miserable to watch that part ryan those were her navy moves that she referenced in the beginning that's what i wanted but then we got um really poor acting or a poor coach or something that made them go that way she learned the she learned the one move really well which to you know how to grab somebody by the junk with a lot of force but she never really progressed (laughs) to the uh, martial arts in addition to this to top the list of worst things about this movie. The boyfriend was the most unattractive human being I've seen in an 80s movie yet. Uh, yeah, he was. Totally. Yeah. I wrote that he looked like a goblin in my notes. <laughs> oh my God. A goblin? But almost everyone in this movie besides the main girl was physically deformed in some way. Including Vanna what? White. Vanna White was gorgeous. <laughs> Except the two girls. My two girls were beautiful. <laughs> of the whole cast, I felt like those two gave the most authentic and lived in performances. Like I was yes. like, oh, I believe these two kids like hanging out. And so I'm surprised that was Vanna White like giving me that that fantasy. And I loved uh, Tony because he was also the one who said, who made the reference of like, hey, what was the calculated risk? How many of us weren't going to make it to graduation coach? So he was like throwing zingers left and right. I really loved that guy. I'm bummed he got as bad of a prosthetic head as he got. Okay. <laughs> On that note, can we talk about how ridiculous 
these bodies look once you see them post-mortem <laughs> oh yeah they're horrible like the makeup if and we everything. paint them gray you'll know they're dead yeah <laughs> tom savini this was not one of them was instantly gray i can't exactly remember which death him it was him okay it was him yeah yeah and and then the sister had just black eyes yes yeah, so here's <laughs> here's the thing about that am i supposed and i literally said this out loud as i was watching this movie Am I supposed to believe that this kid somehow has the body of his dead girlfriend from a couple of months ago in his crib? And is am I supposed to believe that this is what she looks like? <laughs> None of these things are real. They just like put two prosthetic vaginas over her eyes and called it a day. Yeah, it was so weird. What is it about her eyes? I really don't understand the thought process there. I don't get it. I don't understand the thought process of the story in that it doesn't make sense. Why is she there? Well, but also he's in that obsessed. scene, psychotic. Oh yeah, totally obsessed. Right, but like, do cops not come get bodies? You know, I don't know. Is there a morgue involved? He, I think he dug her up. Yeah, he for sure did. I guess. But like that raises even more questions. But this character had like many different kinds of knives on his walls, and I have a lot of cousins with that same energy. Yikes! Uh, so I, I get a little concerned. I was hoping it wouldn't be him. It was him. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, this tracks, this tracks. This guy has like katanas on his wall. Like he's definitely the kind of guy to dig up his ex or his dead girlfriend and then like keep her for their fake wedding. He also may have dug her up very recently. Also, why does Anne walk into his house so much on her own? She just, she walked into his house twice in this movie and then was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know anybody was here. Like, yeah, it's because you're not, it's not your house. You shouldn't be here. <laughs> Can we all say it together? It's a Midwest shit. Exactly. Yeah, definitely Midwest shit on this. And that old woman was just a throwaway character. Again. Yep. They threw her away as a, as a person, so. <laughs> like, of all the things that were unbelievable in this movie, they could not have an 18-year-old boy living in a big house alone. He had to be taking advantage of his deaf grandma. Mm-hmm. We'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Little uh, little Greg Brady taking advantage. Mm. I am happy to see that this um, entry into the Scream franchise, you know, brought back uh, uh, Deputy Dewey. I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> oh, were you now? <laughs> that cop. What was that? What was he? Was he like a school safety officer? Was he an actual cop that just loses his badge on the regular? <laughs> what was going on with Dewey? He lost his hair. That's for sure. I did enjoy how often they found a way to insert Mr. Guglioni's name into a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Googly-eyed. Guglioni. <laughs> oh, can we talk about how there's no roads or sidewalks in this high school? It's just the woods. <laughs> <laughs> the only way someone can get from point A to B is by going to the woods where it's always nighttime. It's like going through the fey, the fey wild in D&D. You just disappear for a while and come out in another year. Yeah. Or die. <laughs> also a possibility. Two things that I think, yeah, this movie, if you choose to look at it with the perspective of sobering reality, I think they actually look pretty good. Um, one is the boyfriend when he's on his fucking crazy antagonist monologue. He's like, my whole life changed in just 30 seconds. And that's, that's insane and really painful to think about. But then you look at the, the deaths from, you know, athletic events that happen every day. Right. And if you even Google woman dies running, you get the first three stories are about a 13 year old girl who died in 2018 after running a 400 meter dash at track meet in middle school. Oh, God. Then you have a 22 year old woman who died a quarter mile from the finish line while she was running the Cleveland Marathon in 2019. And then in 2019, a 17 year old girl died while running laps outdoors. Um, so it's heartbreaking. It's tragic. I think this movie is too goofy to give a good like a good platform for that. But I will say that some of the dialogue that was written in this movie and some of the the, the tragedy that you feel from Anne, that you feel from him in that brief moment, in that brief little line, I think those are actually two very compelling pieces. I can kind of see that now that you've pointed that out, Chris. It was... At the time, I was like, did it happen in 30 seconds or was it like a long, drawn out process that took years for her to get to that point? Because um, obviously the coach was pushing these kids to the point of abuse. Um, but when you put it that way, I guess it is kind of crazy to think about just running to death. Yeah, you don't like show this girl in particular had a blood clot, right? That You don't yeah. predict that. You don't Mm-mm. know that. She was in the best health of her life. Even the the woman who died during the Cleveland marathon, she was described as someone who's very active and very healthy. 
Like that's that it happens every day. And I think it's a sobering reality. And I think if you take anything away from this movie, it's just to love each other a little bit more and appreciate whatever time you do have with them. And don't do cardio. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> that I almost died the other day, but then I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't say that. Chris, you do have a good point about it, but I think that the, something that bothered me about this movie is that it took so long for us to figure out what she died from. They didn't mention the blood clot until like more than 30 minutes in, I think. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time thinking about, is anyone going to tell me what she died from? Because it happened so abruptly. And I think it should have been part of like the beginning of this to be like, here's the trauma of like losing this person really fast unexpectedly. Yeah. And then I can kind of understand the characters a little more. Yeah. yeah. I will also say, I think that's why I loved Anne so much because like to have someone so close to you pass away when you're on the other side of the world. I remember when I was on deployment, I was terrified that something would happen to my mom and like that I wouldn't be there. To, to help or to intervene or to help anybody else. So it, it's fucking scary. But enough with all that sober reality and seriousness. Mac, what do we have for fact or fiction? Well, let me tell you, this this movie doesn't have a whole heck of a lot going on, but I've got a couple things to, to ask you here, fact or fiction-wise. So let's start out with number one. This movie shares an actor with Stargate SG-1. Fact. I'm going to say fact because you always want to try to find something out like that. (laughs) (laughs) I have no reference for that show, so fact. Uh, Same. I'll go fiction just for fun. Wow. So you guys guys are are making it fun for sure. Uh, It is a fact. So I don't know if you remember the detective, Detective Halliday. So Carmen Argenziano uh, actually plays General Jacob Carter, Samantha Carter's father in Stargate SG-1. Number two. Denise Cheshire, who plays Sally, you know, the one who takes off her skirt before her shoes in the locker room. Uh, she was in a Men in Black movie. Fact. Why not? Fact. Fiction. I'm going to go fiction because uh, I got the last one wrong, so probability says I might get this one right. <laughs> this was a fact. Uh, she had a minor Jesus. role in Men in Black too, So not, not a starring role, but a minor role. Number three, Linnea Quickly, who plays Dolores. Her boyfriend was, you know, decapitated is a scream queen and has been in more than 20 horror films. Probably believe it with 80 slashers, so fact. Fiction. Unless it's one of your things where it's like, it's actually five. I'm going to say fiction because I feel like she didn't make a great scream queen. Mm. I'm going fiction because I was looking to see how old these actors were when they played high school kids because I always think that's a fun game with 80 slashers. <laughs> and um, I didn't see 20 on her list. You didn't. That's I so think interesting. she has a few. Yeah, Linnea Quigley was definitely a scream queen with an really? absolute ton of horror movies. So I like I'm t- I'm surprised you didn't find this on IMDb, but there's like an absolute just like dozens of B-rated, you know, horror films. I maybe wasn't looking hard enough. Can I give you some titles of movies that yeah. she's been in? Yes, Please yes. do. I think you have an interesting definition of the term scream queen. That's I think either- so too. Paris or Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't say she was a great scream queen. A scream duchess. She's a duchess. Okay, so 2019, <laughs> Clownado. That's a movie that she's in. Okay, okay. So that's uh, Lake Fear Two, The Swamp, <laughs> Personal Demons, Bone Hill Road. One of my personal favorites here, Hooker with a Hacksaw. Ooh. So what you mean is that she was hired for scary movie acting roles? That's what you mean by scream queen. <laughs> She was hired for a lot of a lot of horror movies to scream, and earlier, I would say maybe in the '90s, she was probably more well known. Um, but there are way higher, you know, status scream queens. But give her credit where credits due. She's been in a ton. I give her all the credit. She was not anointed by Paris, so she did not get <laughs> scream queen status. Give up your crown. It sounds like she chose the projects that were right for her skill level. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Let's go on to number four then. Uh, we've already mentioned this statement earlier, but Principal Guglione uh, makes a comment that Detective Halliday has an Irish name but looks Italian, but Carmen Argenziano is actually of Spanish descent. Fact. 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 I'm on a roll here, so fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it is fiction. His parents yes. were of Italian descent. So the the comment in the in the film is actually kind of funny because the actor who portrays the detective is legit of Italian descent. And now you know how little information about this movie there is out there. Uh, So that's it for Fact or Fiction. Thanks, Mac. Well, there you go. There we have it. Uh, An underwhelming end to an underwhelming movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> but here we are. Now, folks, again, you can definitely check this movie out on Amazon Prime. Uh, we are continuing the streak of movies you can watch on demand without having to pay more than you're already paying for your subscription services. Uh, but keep in mind, we also want to know what you think or if you have any responses to anything we've said in this episode. Um, there's a number of ways that you can reach out to us. First of all, our website, www.hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you actually like this movie, I would really like for you to hit us up on our Hacker Slash hotline. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail, or an audio message. Our number is 757-606-0128. And if you or somebody you know takes off their skirt before their shoes, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com. And if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons. Check out patreon.com slash hacker slash where you can earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.